On this Friday, we'll talk a wild night at the Gold Cup, Thursday World 100 results, and late model tire news from Hoosier. Let's go. It's Friday, September 9th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Last night was the first of two prelim nights for the revamped Gold Cup at the Silver Dollar Speedway, and I think we were probably all reminded of how much fun those California bull rings can be. Chico was technical last night, and it made for a fantastic feature. We eventually had five official lead changes among three drivers, and watching Ryan Timms, Kyle Larson, and Caleb Henry mix it up through lap traffic was really entertaining. Timms ended up leading the most laps. And last night was actually the first race in his career where he's led any laps at all with the Outlaws. Obviously, a very short Outlaw career to this point. But a late mistake cost him a chance at the win. With five to go, Tim's got crossed up on the cushion in three and four, and that let Larson get away for the win. Without that bobble, I feel like that race was going to be a dogfight all the way to the end, kind of like what it had been up to that point. Tim's was clearly not afraid to mix it up and go wheel to wheel with Young Money. And hopefully this was just a preview of what is to come for Saturday night. As for Henry, he started on the pole and led just a single lap, but was right in that battle for the lead for a lot of the feature before fading to fifth at the end. Super impressive run for the California driver. He's only made three outlaw appearances in the past two seasons. We also saw Corey Day and Tanner Holmes run towards the front at various points, but both had issues late and didn't quite get the results they were hoping for. James McFadden had a nice 11th to third run, and Sean Becker was the Knights hard charger going 24th to 8th. There were definitely a lot of comers and goers in the race last night, and I think the track conditions had a lot to do with that. I'm a fan of when things get technical like that. The cushion was sketchy. There was slick out there. I think that it's fun because the drivers really have to work hard inside the cars, really hustle them around the track. It becomes a battle against both the racetrack and the other drivers. I also like the little bit of insight we got from Larson in victory lane when he talked about the move to get by Tim's after that one restart. The top guys are constantly thinking about strategy and lines and moves uh, to make in the race car, but you don't often get to hear them talk about their thought processes. So after night number one, Brad Sweet and Ryan Timms are the two drivers locked into the Saturday main event on points. Larson was the top points earner last night, but he supposedly isn't coming back for Saturday's action with NASCAR happening out in Kansas. He is in the midst of the NASCAR playoffs, so his focus will be there. Tonight, they'll line it up and do it all over again, just with a different set of drivers. The Friday field includes names like David Gravel, Jacob Allen, DJ Neto, Shane Golubic, Dominic Selzy, Carson Macedo, Donnie Schatz, and Kerry Madsen. The DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula likes Macedo for tonight, and I'll agree there. These first two nights are non-points for the Outlaws because, obviously, of the split fields. And I had a question yesterday about the point situation for Saturday night, and it is show-up points only. I did uh, inquire with the series. Uh, So we won't have any movement in the standings this weekend. I feel like we need to get to a point, though, where every full field race counts toward the championship. This idea that if the format is different, it shouldn't uh, pay full points, I think is a little bit lame. I would like to see all of the races pay some sort of championship points. Uh, You know, if they're going to run the race, it should count towards the championship. Uh, You can watch the remainder of the Gold Cup weekend over on Dirt Vision. And before we move on to the World 100, I know there are some new viewers and some new subscribers lately. First, thanks for joining in. Second, if you want to support what I'm doing here, you can grab some Dirt Tracker merch over at shop.dirttracker.com. I've got t-shirts like the one I'm wearing on today's show and decals. I do only have a a handful of the bigger decals left, so if you want one, your chances are running out. Shipping in the U.S. is always free, so head over to shop.dirttracker.com. 
At the Ward 100 last night, we got the first two prelim features in the books. Earlier in the day, we did get an update on that Scott Bloomquist situation from Wednesday that we talked about on yesterday's show. He told Dirt on Dirt's Derek Kessinger that they had an issue with a power steering line, which is why they relate to the Dream feature lineup. But I will point out there that there was more than an hour and a half between the time the Dream Field hot lapped and when they rolled out for the race. Anyways, uh, on to last night's racing. In the first 25 lap feature, Jimmy Owens led the first five laps and then it was all Jonathan Davenport. JD had a five second lead at the end and he said in his victory lane interview that they were probably just one adjustment away from being perfect. That certainly doesn't sound good for the rest of the competition. Owens, Brandon Overton, Chris Madden, and Johnny Scott were the rest of the top five in race one. Those of you that are hardcore late model fans, educate me on something here. Is it common for drivers to switch back and forth between engine builders? I know that James Essex mentioned last night that Davenport was running Clements Power this weekend, and I know he also uses Cornet engines regularly. I'm just not sure I've heard of that, you know, of guys switching back and forth like this. So let me know uh, what, what that situation is there. In the night's second main event, Shane Clanton just barely led lap number one, and then it was the Hudson O'Neill show from there. He led the remaining 24 laps to score the victory over Clanton, Chris Ferguson, Tim McCready, and Garrett Smith. I don't want to overreact to last night's results because we still have two more prelim features tonight and then guys have to get through heats on Saturday. But the usual suspects are fast here. Davenport, Overton, Madden, McCready. I like O'Neill's chances. Fergie looked good in his backup car last night. So we'll see where things are tonight uh, after the racing. You can again, uh, again watch live tonight on Flow as you can all weekend long. Also at Eldora yesterday, we got the announcement from Hoosier about the future consolidation of the National Dirt Late Model tire situation. Going forward, the two national tours will mandate one set of tires from Hoosier that includes three 90-inch tires and three 92-inch tires. And there are no more four-digit tire codes. The compound's now just numbered one through four. There will also be no grooving or siping allowed. The announcement was made by Hoosier with officials from both the World of Outlaws and Lucas present along with Tony Stewart. I'm not going to share an opinion on this one. I am not knowledgeable enough, I feel like, about the situation. But I think the reasoning behind this is to obviously simplify the rules and hopefully keep teams from buying a whole bunch of tires they only use periodically through the season. Initial reaction from a lot of the drivers I saw interviewed seemed to be mostly positive. And I'm sure we'll get some complaints, though. There will be a lot of the detractors who will come at Hoosier for kicking money back to the series and kind of all that usual negativity. But I think we need to see how this one kind of plays out uh, next season and, and uh, how this works out for the teams going forward. Up at Port Royal last night, Anthony Macri put it on the All-Star field to take the victory on the first night of the Tuscarora 50. That was a correct win pick for me as well. I also picked Larson at the Gold Cup. At the end, Danny Dietrich and Logan Wagner were also on the podium. I said yesterday on the show that Lance DeWeese wouldn't be in attendance, uh, but sure as hell he was there. The schedule that Don Kreitz has pinned on his Twitter account did not include last night, but I guess they changed their minds. I do wish we could find a better way to know who's going to be where for a lot of these races. I spend entirely way too much time scrolling social media feeds and looking through driver websites, hoping to get some sort of idea about who's going to be racing where. Looking at tonight, the DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula likes DeWeese for the win, but I'm going to go Macri again. He's just really good at Port Royal. The Tusky 50 is live all weekend long over on Flow. And besides the racing we've already mentioned, there are two other series to highlight today. The USAC Midgets are back racing after over a month off from competition. They take on Sweet Springs in Missouri tonight and tomorrow. Buddy Kofoid enters the weekend with an 86-point lead in the championship over Justin Grant. Buddy Kofoid and Kenna McIntosh have won the two previous races at Sweet Springs. And the formula likes McIntosh, and I'm going to take the other side of that and go Kofoid. 
Another storyline to watch with the Midgets this weekend is the return to USAC competition for Dazen Pursley. He's coming off that power I win last week and continues to fight back from that spinal cord injury. Also, if you want some non-wing sprint car action, the Extreme Outlaw Sprint Cars are headed for Jacksonville and Spoon River tonight and tomorrow. Shane Cockrum leads the championship right now over Alex Bright and Matt Westfall. So far this season, Thomas Meserol, Brady Bacon, CJ Leary, Jake Swanson, and Bright have all picked up series win. The Extreme Series can be watched live over on Dervision. Drop me a comment. Let me know uh, your weekend win picks, plus where you're headed, what you'll be watching on the streaming services. Curious what your guys' uh, plans are uh, for Dirt Racing for the weekend. Streaming services will be busy all weekend. So many big shows going on. Dervision, like I said, has the Gold Cup and Extreme Weekends. Flow Racing has the World 100, the Tusky 50, USAC Midgets, and more. You can also find a ton of local and regional stuff uh, across Speed Sport, The Cushion, XR Plus, Race and Dirt, all those. So to see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today and for the week. Enjoy the dirt racing weekend ahead. Thanks everybody for tuning in all week long. We'll be back on Monday for more Dirt Tracker Daily.